Howdy folks, this is Scott Parker and you're listening to another episode of Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast. And I'm here with uh, my co-hosts, Jack Lekensky. Hello. And hey, and Johnny Hudson, who is not here and I assume will be here shortly. Um, of course, we also have the world's foremost historian on the 1969 Woodstock Music and Art Fair, the Woodstock Whisperer himself, Jim Shelley, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello. And our special guest today, directly from Houston, Texas, to you, ladies. I'm kidding. It's uh, <laughs> I am single. Hey, he's single <laughs> and available, ladies. Um, his book, uh, we are his book, we are Woodstock, is uh, came out what like two years ago. It came out two years before the 50th anniversary. Two years before. Okay, so it so. came out for the 48th anniversary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're so four- five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> right. For those who are bad at math. And Mr. I sent it to the, I sent it to a disc jockey at the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm. and she didn't read it for two years. But when the 50th was coming, she said, "Oh well, I got to read it now." And yeah. she actually mentioned it while I was at the Woodstock's 50th, yeah. and. Um, I had like five books for sale and that sold out. So when I came back, I said, could you please announce it again? Mm-hmm. And so the next week she said, you guys were so good. You, he sold out on all the books, which were five. <laughs> and, <laughs> so she made the announcement again. And I had, I sold like 80 books that week, uh, that weekend. Oh, congratulations. That's, that's, awesome. good. that's good. Yeah. So I'll throw your name in here just then I'll re-edit it back in. Mr. Glenn Eldridge, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, from from the Bronx originally, right? Correct. Hey, so not far from here. Jackson, Rockland County. I'm in Connecticut and Jim is in New Jersey. So which nobody says it that way. No, (laughs) nobody nobody says it that way. Are you Jersey? I'm from Jersey. No, Jersey. We do say just Jersey, though. We never say New Jersey. No. No. And don't say and don't say New Jersey. Definitely don't say New Jersey. Yeah, so. well, you don't want to go there and say it. No, <laughs> that's a very Connecticut way to say New Jersey. It's oh, very really? Connecticut. Well, yes, then. that's what everybody up here says. Okay. So, <laughs> so Mr. Eldridge, welcome to the show and uh, author of the book "We Are Woodstock." Yes. So how now? Where do you want to start, Jack? Do you want to start with Glenn's story? This is the well, part that we take out. See, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'd be interested to know some of Jack's stuff because there were things that I saw when I was there that when I talked to the museum, they had no idea. There was okay. one place where we had a water pipe coming out of the ground. They said they know nothing about a water pipe, but that was how we were down one of those streets and the tents were on the left and the right. And at the end was just this pipe with clean water. And that's yeah. where we well, got our water. Jim. They know nothing about docent, it. Is a docent at the museum. Yep. And he was also like you, an attendee. I recognized so- him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my standard line whenever yeah. I meet somebody. So I, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, out of, you know, out of half a million people. Well, sure. um, I, because I'm a docent, I, I've had to uh, fall into the uh, rabbit hole, the black hole of Woodstock. And I found out lots of things that I had never been aware of. And one of the things to reference what you're speaking about is that there was a brother, a, a man by the name of Chris Langhart, and he invited his brother Nick up to help him out. And Chris was in charge 
of many different things, one of which was running the water lines. Yep. What I never realized is not only did they pump water at a Filipini pond, which I'm going to assume you're aware of, yes. but they had they yes. drilled several wells and ran that well water and lake water, pond water, up to the top of the field where they treated it and then distributed it all over the place. And it sounds like what you're referring to is one of the areas where they had spigots. They had plastic piping. And, and I, was, I was actually able to speak with uh, Nick Langhart just last week. And his, his whole time... The he team, was also a guest on the show. Okay, yes. And his whole time at Woodstock, to him, seemed to be repairing the, the <laughs> plastic piping, the plastic water piping that 500,000 people will obviously walk on and break. So but what, what I think you're referring to without realizing it, and I didn't know this either myself, is one of the many, many spigots that Woodstock Ventures had to create for any size crowd uh, for us to have something to drink. Oh, okay. There, there's actually video, um, well, video film footage of um, some pipes around, like what, which I think are the plastic piping that you're talking about. Right. With you could see water rushing upwards from it, and um, you know that, but they were low to the ground, so they weren't like obvious Correct. drinking water type things. And I wondered yeah. what what that was. So that makes sense. Yeah, it was kind of a horizontal pipe. And and so it was low lower to the ground. You know? Yeah, like right just above the ground, really. At least in the footage that that I'm referring to. So that's interesting. We're like a bunch of old rabbis studying the Torah. I don't know what Johnny told you, but we're we're a bunch of guy, guys who study Woodstock. And one of the things I love about your book is you mention our obsession with the Ferris wheel. You talk about it at least twice. Right. <laughs> nobody knows it was there. Yes, exactly. We have pictures of it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you know what they're doing up at Woodstock now? I would assume you do is the excavation. Yes. Right. So what? OK, because that seems to be the new thing. And so for those listeners, what they're basically doing is looking at the ground. They're finding broken glass or bottle caps. And then next to that is an empty rectangle that has nothing. And they're assuming that that's where a stand was. And the bottles and things were dropped in front of it because I think they're trying to recreate the different um, the different booths that were there at the time. Right. Could be a ring toss game because, you know, the carnival used to uh, toss rings onto, bo- onto glass bottles. They did have weird stands like that. I mean, there was like a little mini carnival set up. At the yeah, top. well, that, that would that would be part of it. That would if you have a carnival, you would have games in the. Uh, photo that Paul Dittmer kindly sent us of the Ferris mm-hmm. wheel appeared to be through a, uh, a booth, a booth of some sort. Yeah. Well, let and, me, uh, Glenn, if I could ask you, how did you first hear about Woodstock? What, what, what I guess it was on the radio because I bought mm-hmm. tickets right away. If you look at my book on the back of my original tickets, because when they said you can send them in to get a refund, I thought, <laughs> I got my money's worth. I don't need to send them okay? And I stuck them on my wall, so they got tape marks on them. Uh, and that's the original price, which was $6. At the gate, it was, well, at the gate, it was zero. But on the tickets, it said eight. <laughs> so um, I just guess I heard it on the uh, radio. Well, and and when you say radio, I'm going to assume 
uh, one, particular, one particular station. Scott Muni or, uh, you know. Uh, WFM. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, um, and you, so you bought tickets for all three days? So, right. I got tickets for all three days. And then I went up to camp where I was working for the summer, and that was Sedgwin Camp. We were talking about the, the Jewish boys. I worked okay. at a Jewish camp that I used to go to. And, I, I'm uh, the only Miss Bucha in the group. Oh, okay. And so, <laughs> the, 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 other, the other two are goys. Not that they're bad people. <laughs> that, not that that's a bad thing. No, it's no. not a bad thing. No, there's it's anything wrong with it. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and then when I wanted to go, the guy said, well, you can't leave. And I said, but when I started the job, I said I was, you know, going to go to this concert. And I had two friends who lived, who had a house up, upstate, and that's who I was going with. And so then he said, well, then don't come back. And so according to the book, I did not. Um, so how much so, of the book is true? <laughs> um, all Anything that dealt with Woodstock things happening, like the story about Melanie having to sing to get back. Yeah. In, I, yep. uh, the, all the things about that are true. The made up stuff is probably more of the autobiographical part of me. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you did. You just said you worked at camp and you. Were, oh, yes, uh, I did yeah, do that. Sure. Yes. And you met two friends, which is in the book, too. Yes. Um, the book. There's not a whole lot. Would, that's not true. Yeah. I would assume maybe <laughs> possibly meeting Jerry Garcia. Yes. And meeting Jerry Garcia. That, that may or may not be true. And, you know. and meeting Yasger. But but I've seen f- tapes of them. And so it has the flavor of what. They believed at the time. Yasker is talking about how the town didn't like what he did. I made it sound like he told me, but that's what happened. Correct. And, you know, I, I the three of us have read a ton of books about Woodstock and not everybody gets everything right. But in reading your book, it's mostly true. There are, there I like the a, approach. Yeah, I, I, I love I the, like approach. the approach. Yep. And. I, we're, I'm really enjoying it, and I had to put it down in order to actually talk to you. But I, after this ends, I'm going to finish the book tonight. <laughs> oh, that's good. Now people can get signed copies if they get on eBay, but for some reason, other people sell my book on eBay. But if you look for a author signature, that would be me, and I can make it out to them uh, if they buy it, or they can get it on Amazon. You know, well, I, I bought, I I bought it from Amazon, but. How I fell into one of the reasons I fell into this Woodstock rabbit hole is I have is I'm an autograph guy and I have a poster. I have a second printing of the Arnold Skolnick poster signed by about 82 of the performers, promoters, uh, Woodstock venture people. I think I have that poster, too, with about 24 signatures. Okay, really? Now, I met. John Sebastian afterwards. I think it's right. funny because he wasn't supposed to be there. And if right. you look at the memorial behind you, uh, they yeah. spelled his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they left and they left off Swami Satchidananda, Quill, oh. Keith Hartley. See that and, that guru I thought was a comedian. <laughs> really? You mentioned that in the book. <laughs> I, I, now see, so that's true. Yeah, I mean the book is pretty true. Pretty true. The book the, a lot of all the way. Most of the Woodstock stuff, if not all of the Woodstock stuff, is true. There may be a few minor errors here and there, but I'm uh, really, yes. as, as, as I said, there's I'm errors really in my book. <laughs> you know, someone did mention an error the other day because during the anniversary, it was great. I put on excerpts from my book on Facebook 
that corresponds with the days of the actual Woodstock. And somebody said, hey, they didn't have the rust they in with the red and green hats back then. And I thought if that's the only thing I got wrong, well, then that's fine. Uh, if that's what he had to pick on. Yeah, there, there, there's like there's a couple of minor th- there's a couple of minor things like that. Like, did you but talk about a- did you talk about selling bottles of water? No. Okay, because I just read another book where the, they were sell- where people in town were selling bottles of water, and I'm like, I don't think they had water bottles back then. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh hello. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> there's Aaron. Uh, we're joined. Aaron folks- Glenn. Uh, yeah, oh. Aaron Glenn. Glenn Aaron. That's my daughter's name, and uh, I hey. told her I was having this. Uh, this interview today. So yeah, now, now we were talking about the booths and, and there was something I learned about the, uh, the there was a radical booth uh, um, there too, that I think Michael Lang felt that, you know, they should cover all sides. But yes. I think that they were the ones distributing the drugs to my knowledge. But, and you want to hear a funny story about my, Michael Lang? Uh, my Always. business is tin ceilings. I manufacture tin ceilings. Yeah, and I came home from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame crew, uh, the, the Rock and Roll Flower Power Crews, and I see a check on my desk, and it says Tamarin and Michael Lang, and the phone number is eight four five, and my brother lived upstate, so I call up and I ask her, "How do you like uh, the metal?" And she said, "It's really nice. I like it. They're using the backsplash." And I said, "By the way, is your husband Michael Lang the promoter of Woodstock?" And she goes, "Well, yes, he is." And I said, well, I'm writing a book. And so she said, well, I'll have him call you. And he called me. And we were talking about he had some plan of trying to do a Broadway play. Yep. And we talked about my book. And uh, it was pretty cool. You know, it was pretty cool. Oh, but the, the awesome. fact that they have metal in my house, well, now she does. Yeah. He's gone. Um, and uh, but it was it was like I saw it on my desk. It was like very weird. That's very really cool. neat. Yeah, oh yeah, really I would cool. love that. Um, by the way, uh, folks, for those of you playing the uh, home version of our game, we are joined by the panelist who was recently voted most likely for me to get their last name correct this time, Aaron Shearer, ladies. <laughs> hey. How'd I do that time, Aaron? Uh, you came pretty close. Shearer, <laughs> like Shearer, Shearer, Shearer. No, sure. no, I know, but that's the Connecticut the thing. Yeah. Sure. Now, now <laughs> why is she on your panel? Is he, uh, were you a Woodstock attendee? Are, are you? No. <laughs> what? She's younger, I, I think she's the youngest very, of us. Yeah. Yes, I was born in that very radical year of 1981. Hey, <laughs> radical. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess you weren't there. Um, <laughs> No, she um, is a journalist and she interviewed Johnny Scott and I, which will be on a future which will be have been on a past episode at this point yeah. of this show. And we liked her. And we liked and we decided to keep her around. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I said, Ma, uh, can I keep her? You know, so. <laughs> now, I, uh, do you remember Lisa Law? Is she was she interviewed by you guys? Not yet. yet. Mm. Okay. She took my, she took my picture and having um, a picture with a, having a picture taken by Lisa Law, world renowned um, photographer. Yeah, is a, a um, is a blessing. I had her sign the Wood, my Woodstock poster, which I mentioned, and she took a picture of me with it. Ah. Yeah, I talked to her actually uh, two, three days ago, and she said, 
she's on the road at the moment. Once she gets back to Santa Fe, she's going to join us. So that's good. Good. Yeah, we've we've done we we've published at this point over 80 episodes. By the time this airs, we'd probably be close to 100. And they all um, deal with yeah. people who were at Woodstock or some kind of connection. It's all, this is a, Woods, a, a podcast about the Woodstock Festival. Right. Right. And we've had, um, you know, from attendees to performers to some of the Woodstock Ventures people. We had Artie Kornfeld on. We had Leo Lyons. We've had of 10 years after. We had Bob Arkin, who played with Arlo Guthrie. Wavy Gravy. Um, we had Wavy Gravy on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Wavy Gravy. Was, I heard he, uh, uh, well. I he was great. We've also he, had Jim Shelley. I tried to get in <laughs> touch with him to maybe uh, uh, yeah. do kudos about my book, but I could never get to him. But I do have a, a weird story about Woodstock, which is not fully related to the concert. Sure. But okay. my aunt had worked in, uh, uh, she had a, a diner up in Woodstock. In so- in, in, oh, in Saugerties. Okay. In Saugerties. So actually, so like and, Woodstock, Woodstock, not but it's Woodstock, Saugerties. Bethel. So yeah. I, the only thing I knew, because I had gone up there and I went there with a friend of mine and yeah. uh, we wanted to go into the Woodstock and camping. And she thought that was not a good idea at the time. So strangely enough, she let us camp in her backyard with a hose and we spent the night there. So I, she passed away a long time ago and just recently, actually yesterday, I don't know exactly why I started to look it up, but I saw the name of a place was called um, uh, the uh, Cafe Espresso. Oh yeah, and, sure. And I know I was exactly doing what that research is. now yesterday and I found out two people bought it and they made it into an art, uh, an art or a, a restaurant. Yep. And I'm trying to find a connection. And I wrote somebody a message, the artist. And I said, well, I think you're the same guy I'm trying to reach. Let me know. And then after I sent that, I looked through pictures and he was the same guy as in the newspaper article I had seen. Ah. Um, she had Dylan's piano. Oh. Yes. Um, wow. And, and, it, and it's real colorful. And I took a picture of it. I still have it. I mean, I don't know where it is now. But I always wanted someone to confirm that that might be his piano. And I looked through pictures of Dylan, near different pianos, never saw that one. And well, so I, I think that, that their place is either called The Bear now or it's Tinker Street, uh, 555, some number with Tinker Street. It's the but building I, on Tinker Street. Um, for those of you out in the audience who know your Woodstock, because that's like second home to me, that town. Um, it's just above the real estate office, whose name is me but that was the cafe espresso yeah and dylan wrote times they are changing there and a whole bunch of other stuff on that so piano. i'm assuming that was when she was there she was very hip aunt yep. the coolest and when i was there i helped her that night and i was she, i was going to clean the bathroom and some artists came by actually paul butterfield and he said <laughs> can i go first and i said sure and then after that i cleaned up the place so that's how i'm ran into Paul Butterfield. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and speaking of colorful things in Saugerties, that's where Big Pink is. True. Oh, the Big Pink, the House of Bears. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. So they were so members of the band probably frequented or at least stopped in 
to your aunt's cafe and that's I'm how sure. it comes. No you doubt could about get it. Dylan's no piano. doubt. So <laughs> I actually uh, just looked this up because I was in Woodstock actually about a month ago. And uh, the building that the Cafe Espresso was housed in, I believe, was the Tinker Street Cafe in the late 80s and 90s. Yep. And now it's called Happy. It was an art gallery for a while. And now it's called Happy Life Productions. And I think yes. they sell like uh, a lot of posters and a lot of, um, you know, equipment, we'll just say. Yes. <laughs> paraphernalia. <laughs> paraphernalia. Very, very things that are now legal in New York State. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I think Happy the building is owned, and according to the article I read, the building is owned by the woman who now owns the Bearsville Theater as well. Dunn, I think her last name is. I yeah. Lizzie. Lizzie Dunn. Lizzie Van. Dan. Mm -hmm. Okay. What was the name of the place? Happy what? Happy Living? Happy, Happy Life. Life. Yeah. Fun word. <clears throat> I can see the sign so in my You're head. saying that, so the cafe... So it's not really, it is Tinker Street at, at, at it was at one it point. Was. Okay, but the, but what is it now? It's Happy Life Productions. Okay, so I should try to find. But I'm. They didn't mention it. They mentioned the people who bought it, Lizzie and some artists. Um, so they didn't go back. Her name was Janet Greenstein, and she had a partner hmm. named Elaine. And they owned. I thought they owned it. Maybe they leased it and and just had the cafe there. I don't know. I mean, so long ago. There, let's see here. I, I have it here. Happy Life Productions, 59 Tinker Street, Woodstock, New York. So there, there's actually um, a, a picture of Dylan and John Sebastian coming out of the uh, of that side street there on a motorcycle. Okay. So, so if there's one through line of this podcast so far, it's John Sebastian. Yes. He keeps <laughs> popping up. John Sebastian, yes. I met him <laughs> when he did a concert here at uh, some place where they... They talk afterwards. Right. Oh, and yeah, I wanted yeah. him to give an endorsement. He just wanted to sign it. He says, I'll sign anything. I said, well, yeah. I wanted you to read. He said, well, I'd have to read it. I said, well, of course you have to read it. But I hadn't finished it at that point. <laughs> now, he's a, he's a really good egg. And after every, he, like Richie Havens did, he kind of, uh, after every concert, he signed stuff. And he signs a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. John Sebastian signed plenty of stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's a good egg. And maybe one day he'll grace us with his presence here, but yeah, he's still a good egg.
Oh, I had a question for you, Glenn. Um, so when did you start seeing shows in the city? Because you'd been obviously to the Fillmore and you've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of yes. really good. And, and when I look back, I don't know why I didn't go every week. <laughs> the first <laughs> concert I ever went to there was The Doors. Oh, uh, that's a good first concert. Yeah. Which was the second, because Janis Joplin was, I think, the opening act. And yep. so... Yeah, she opened a lot for the doors. Sixty-seven, and yeah. uh, so I do have uh, I do have some you know Fillmore posters, and uh, and now it's oh. a bank, and in the bank yep. they have pictures of the Fillmore, and there's a mosaic in front of it. One of the lights, a guy did a mosaic, and while I was there in the street, he walked by. You could tell because his cane was mosaic, and he had done this mosaic thing. But yeah, I used to go to the Fillmore, you know periodically and seen a lot of great bands and spirit was one of the, I thought was one of the best bands that, that in performance, but I am a rock and roller. We, and we, we got to give Randy California some love because the, yeah, uh, oh, I want that. Shirt. I, love, I love that shirt. He's wearing uh, a Fillmore East shirt. Well, now Randy California, was he related to the, the ball drummer? Uh, it, it was a stepfather, I think. Um, well, Randy California is not his real name, but we got to give him some love because the courts didn't in his suit again, in his the estate suit against Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and lost. But uh, well, that's why the courts didn't give him some love. So we yeah. have to at least some love. That was just a, a great group. But yeah, I think uh, um, uh, they were with the Kinks and I think the Bonzo Dog Band. Oh, my God. I I love when I oh. saw the spirit the next time they were here and I said, oh, yeah, I saw you guys. And so I guess he Oh, with the Stones? And I said, no, with the Bonzo Dog Band. And I think he was insulted. <laughs> that, was the group that I reminded him of. Oh, they were great. The Bonzos were great. Uh, for those yeah. of you at home who don't know, uh, they were sort of a, you know, kind of a musical forerunner to Monty Python, but they were. Um, I, would say, I, I would sum it up by saying the English Mothers of Invention, possibly. There you go. There you go. Which is another thing I have to ask you about because it just so happens that I work for the estate of Frank Zappa. Oh, so. <laughs> I shook his hand uh, when yeah. he was town hall. And then when I saw his son, I said, hey, I, I shook your dad's hand. I'd like to shake your hand. And he shook my hand, signed the back of the ticket. So I went full circle. Oh, that's awesome. But I think that him and his brother should just get along a little better. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, um, brothers in rock and roll families don't necessarily do so well together. Look at I don't Ray, know. Ray, Ray and Dave Ryan. Davis, <laughs> Rich and uh, Rich Robinson and, and Chris Robinson, Chris Robinson. Yep. the Gallagher brothers, the there Gallagher brothers. Perfect example. I think the one exception to that rule is probably Ron and Russell Mail of Sparks. They That's get along pretty good, really but well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be it, actually, Aaron. Now that I think about it, I have to think about this. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, they've never done anything. I mean, apart. I get along so well with my brother. He's eight years <laughs> older than me. And right. we just don't understand how people don't get along. I mean, you know, my mom is up in. Actually, she's in Clifton, New Jersey. That's really? Buried. Yeah. That's um, not far from uh, no. Jim. Not yeah, not far from so, Jim, uh, Jim's in Bergen County. So we we watch football, you know, every Saturday, and and uh, and she'd be thrilled to death that we're together. That Two other brothers who get along are Willie Nelson's sons. Oh, that's true. Tina and Ricky Nelson's sons. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> That's now, true. Okay, Jay. You, uh, okay, I think it was Jay. Um, when I mentioned the pipe, now also when I was at Woodstock, I seem to remember a giant peace sign in the sky and also a sonic boom. Hmm. Now, the people at Woodstock, Wade, uh, Lauren, uh, Wade Lawrence, says I was just too high. I, I, I thought <laughs> I remember that, but it's possible. The water I definitely know was there. The, wa- the, water, was, the water was there. Jim confirmed it. Yes, Jim, do you I, remember I, a sonic boom? I, I don't remember it, and I've never heard that before. Uh, but I, and a sonic boom would suggest some kind of a jet going overhead. Right. And I've I've never heard I've heard obviously helicopters uh, were a, a drone in the background, but uh, those two things no I that again I'm not trying to disagree no, with no, you. No, I, I mentioned it on Facebook, and I had two people who thought they remembered it. Right, but, but you were but you were also there early, so if it happened before Friday afternoon. Oh yeah, I was there Thursday night. Actually, if you watch the movie hmm. and you see the fire. Um, I was there around that fire, which is where I met Gail the first time in the book, for those of you keeping yes. tests. Um, keeping so score. I was there Thursday, and we came to camp. We, we brought a tent. We set up. We brought food. Remember, I worked in the kitchen at, uh, at the camp I was working in, and, and everyone else came like with you know pillowcases of stuff. It's like they didn't come to camp. And uh, where, where yeah. were you? We were prepared. We, you know, we could have sat in the front. We chose to sit halfway between that and the cornfield, which was basically our bathroom. Um, and and it's amazing that with all those people, if you left your area, you could still work your way back to where you were by making, you know, a latitude and longitude of things around to get back to your seat. And they always could follow a caravan of people because there was always trails between all the blankets. Ah, yes. Yeah. You know, so, and they were always going in opposite directions and (laughs) it was, it was very cool. And and we didn't hit traffic. And what people don't realize is yes, the New York state Thruway was closed, but it was really only closed coming to the concert from either side. Mm. If you wanted to leave that freeway was open. Yeah, but the but the New York State Thruway isn't really the closest highway to the concert site. No, seventeen is right, and yes, and that was yeah, that was cars all over the place. Well, I drove up on the Thruway on Friday night. It was not closed. Right? No, not yet. <laughs> I guess no. I think it was yeah daybreak. I don't know. Whenever I I I, th- I think what they did is they closed the exit to 17B, but the throughway remained open. You know, they, you just couldn't get off at 17B oh, to so get you to. you don't think it was even closed in one direction. That would have been the one he's talking about, the, the smaller. The throughway is 45 miles away from Monticello. Right, but so, there were a lot of people and a lot no, of but not, It wasn't a 45-mile hour. It wasn't a 45-mile backup at that, oh. you know, that. That's not what okay. happened, well, but that's, cer- that's certainly said it looks like one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 17 certainly was getting crowded toward Monticello and 17 B was, was basically stopped. And I'm talking about on Friday evening into Saturday morning. That's when I was on those roads. Now I do have another thing on Woodstock where, uh, and it's in the book where I got on this bridge. Um, it was a man Bay bridge there. That, that is, I thought that is went, in the book, yeah. Which I went, thought went through the forest because there was a wooded area. 
So we went on it and we're talking and we're getting high, I think, and walking around. And then we get to the end and it's 20 feet from where we got on. The, the, the bridge was a complete circle and <laughs> we had no clue until we got off that there was the beginning. So do you remember that? or did, I, I, I think what happened, no. And I, there, there were two bridges, if you want to think of it that way. One bridge went from the staging area over West Shore Road which okay. is the road behind the stage. Well, that was for the artists. Right. And then, then another, I'm not even sure you want to call it a bridge, but a, a stairway that went up to the stage from behind, directly behind the stage. Yeah, this was somewhere else. This was Right. And I've of never heard road. of any bridge. What I think you're referring to is the, the, the wooded area called the Bindi Bazaar. Right. Where, where there was merchandise being sold, different different booths and things. Yeah, it was probably around there, but it, right. it literally went into a circle. And when we got off, we... Right. I've never heard of a bridge in there, no. Hmm. Didn't, uh, Jack, didn't Paul send us a picture of something like a mystery bridge or something? I'd have to ask him. I don't know, but I'm sure Paul is listening and... Paul, if you could help come, us Paul out. Dittmer, paging Paul Dittmer, <laughs> come, in, the, come and answer this. The walrus was Paul. Was it the Paul was the walrus? Paul yeah. was the walrus. John was just saying that to be nice. I think. <laughs> no, there, there's a um, <laughs> one of our friends is a guy named Paul Dittmer who's taken it upon himself to try to gather every photograph ever taken at Woodstock, either professionally or amateur, and just document the stories through photographs. Well, that's what uh, this, you know, I go on that rock and roll cruise and it, okay. Wade, that's where I met Wade, but now yeah. he's retired. So they have a new guy on there. I don't remember his name. And he's Neil boy. Hitch. Neil, right. Neil. And, mm -hmm. and I give my book, you know, I give some to him and he gives a trivia. And uh, and so he was talking. And the funny thing was, he says he has a it was a beer bottle from Woodstock. And he said uh, you know, a few years ago, this was a beer bottle, but now it's been 50 years, so we can now call it a relic. Yeah. And so now they're collecting <laughs> all these things and, and trying to find these booths. So, uh, um, and, and the book is We Are Woodstock. And, of course, we're talking to its author, Glenn Eldridge. And you can buy the book, sign copies available on eBay. And what's your eBay seller name so people can find you? Uh, we Are Woodstock. Okay. <laughs> we we are Woodstock. It's info at we are Woodstock, but I think it's just we are Woodstock. Well, that that's your, that would be your website, and if that's yeah. how you're selling it on Woods, if that if they can if there's a link on your website, that would be great. Otherwise, I bought it from Amazon because I I needed it now, and they yeah. were delivered. <laughs> and I was a Prime member. I got it the next day. I got it on Sunday. So you bought it because you, you were going to talk to me. Correct. Oh. Well, let's go. I, I, I get you. I, I, and you like it. She and I like, really and like, I like it. it. And I like <laughs> it, which is good because that way, you know, I could talk and I wanted to read it before we had you on so we could talk to you intelligently about your book. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we do have. It is a fun book. And, and it has a beautiful it. cover. Which yeah, is, it you does. Know, you can't show you people that. That is a friend of mine well, who is a graphic a, designer. Yeah, he did that and and uh, um, and he helps me with computer stuff. But he's he's great. We we do have we are we are growing this podcast. We are available on to We're listen on it. Apple and on, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Audible, Podbean, and pretty much everywhere else you can find podcasts. And I'm not, we have about 10,000 unique downloads every episode, if not more, because we can't tally all the different outlets that the podcast is on. But you're going to send me a link, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I now like to do the old Screaming Jay Hawkins tune for it. Oh, I put a spell on it.
you know, it's it's interesting when you talk about the Fillmore because I was listening to somebody, I think, on a podcast the other day talking about how, um, you know, the, the way that Bill Graham would combine different genres. Um, so you might have, you know, Cannonball Adderley opening for The Who or something like that, you know, like just yeah. weird things like that. Or um, people like Lonnie Max open for, I think, Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's another great example. Like, you, know, you you just would never see that now. Not not yeah. in a three or two or three band setting like that. No. So, no. you know, it's, you know, because um, I'd be remiss in my duties, Glenn, if I didn't ask you this question. Did you see Zappa at the Garrick Theater? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Oozy cream cheese. And it was yes. called absolutely free. Yep. Which it wasn't. It was and, not. <laughs> and I did see him walk out uh, when I was in the village sometime. And he was just a little guy. Yeah. Very small stature. And just, just, you know, not outwardly at all. And uh, yeah. And, and that's Susie cream cheese. Yes. I remember that night. I, uh, yeah, I remember it. Well, I walked into a, a cop uh, who was on a horse. And, uh, and then I remember getting, sitting in a bench and the bench started to go backwards. And this girl I was with grabbed me by my collar and pulled me back. So I was, oh was kind of high that night. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a little auditorium yep. uh, that he had rented and just did his absolutely free. But I shook his hand at town hall when they were there. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's yeah, too. I didn't even talk to him. Yep. I started walking there. Uh, yeah. February of 69, that was, and um, the town hall was, and then the Garrick would have been the anytime in the spring or summer of 67, because that's pretty much the only place they played for, I don't know, three, four months or something. They were living there at the time. Yeah, and I'm kind of disappointed because uh, uh, Flo and Eddie was supposed to be on the Rock and Roll Cruise two different times, but one of them them had cancer, and so he couldn't make it. That was Mark. Yeah, Mark Bowman. Yeah, and so I wanted to talk to them about because you, you know the cruise is great because you get to talk to us a lot yeah. of people, and uh, and very few are were at Woodstock, but there's two members from uh, Sly and the Family Stone, the uh, saxophonist Jerry, and drummer, Greg and Jerry, yep. and uh, and then Candheat had one, and and their manager he was also at Woodstock, Skip Taylor, yeah, and. Uh, and uh, not many others. Uh, the Bullets Went and Tears were there, and they were one of the most popular groups there. They and they're the a cover band. band at, and they're a cover band at this point because they have no. Yeah, that's what he members. said. He said not one member was there, and they only got on that night and left. They we were in port, so they got on and left. But they were funny because uh, um, they start playing, and they go, "We know you're wondering when we're going to do uh, twenty-five or six to four. But that ain't us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. And do you know uh, how they got the name? You know how they got the name to that song? Right, five or six to four. Ferris, no. Ferris Bueller. No, he did the. He wrote the song early in the morning when he looked at the clock. It was either twenty-five or six to four in the morning. Ah. <laughs> there you go. Supposedly true story. <laughs> it's funny because that song, everybody that I grew up with in in uh, uh, over in Newtown. Connecticut, they all thought it was about drugs, but it's not really. It's a song about writing a song. Oh, you know, so <laughs> if you I mean it's a little disappointing when you break down the lyrics and find out it's just a song about writing a song, but you know, that's what Robert well, that's what Chorus Line the Play is about doing a play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, I mean, um, 
you got to see the who playing Tommy. Well, you saw it at Woodstock too. They were there for a week. Yep. To Fillmore. And I went and saw them there. They did the whole week. I probably, they're like my third favorite group. I think the Beatles, the Doors, and then the who. And I saw them that when they were here, they canceled. Every time he comes here, he gets some kind of allergy, right? uh, Roger Daltrey. Oh, Roger Daltrey. Yeah. (laughs) After he left, he canceled shows after it. One time he canceled in the middle of the show. And then he came back a couple of months ago and uh, they were great. They were great. With the orchestra, Uh, right? With the orchestra and yep. there's some violinist who does that, that yeah, solo thing. Yeah, she O'Reilly. Yep. And and Peter was funny because he says he was wearing a scarf or something, and he says, Wow, it's just so cold here. And it's like, you know, everyone's melting. Yeah, Roger Roger doesn't like the heat. He does not. So he doesn't the who when they're they're doing their tour now. They were here in the spring, and then for the summer, they went to Europe, and they're going to come back here in the fall. I'd probably see him again. I did see him at the Woodstock, at the, uh, um, well, of course, they were at Woodstock. In fact, there's a good part of that story. Did you read, get to the point where I saw the who in your book, in the book? No, I haven't I, uh, yet. Not yet. I just okay, I finished, a, I finished the Janice chapter. See, now there's a funny thing in there. That didn't really happen there, but I converted it to have happened there with Gail getting me to the front of the stage. But um, I saw <laughs> them at the Fillmore and I got the I got the poster later on in life. And I got yep. this t- ticket stub from that. They were there a week and the Fillmore program. You know, those are very in demand now, too. Yeah, I probably have record tapes of all of the shows from the that Fillmore run. And uh yeah, they were just on fire at the time. And even though Pete and Roger have said that that uh, Woodstock was their worst gig ever, I beg to differ because I think they were oh, they devastatingly were. good at Woodstock. Now, again, most people don't know that uh, who was there that uh, was Abby it, Hoffman, uh, Jerry. Jerry uh, yeah, Abby Hoffman, Abby Hoffman, Abby Hoffman. So I have that in there. Um, uh, Did you actually see that when it happened? No. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. Yeah, you can hear it. If you, Jim you can did. hear it on a tape, you can hear it audibly, or, or, audibly, audibly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, of him saying what he said to him about getting off the stage, I believe. But that was it. And you know, Neil Young, you never saw because he didn't want them photo, you know, filming him. Right. So. The thing that a lot of people for it don't realize uh, is that Abby Hoffman came on twice. He yes. came on before the Who. And then that was fine in the sense that nothing happened to him. Well, when because he, nobody, he wasn't interrupting anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when he did interrupt uh, the who, that was when the famous kicking off the stage kind of a thing <laughs> occurred. But I don't um, think many people know that. I mean, you say famous, but I'm, I, well, you know, that's one of the things, you know, I, I've learned a whole lot more becoming a docent at Woods, at Bethel Woods uh, than I knew at the time. But at the time and for years afterwards, when people would speak about Abby Hoffman, I'd say, you know, he was on twice. And every, no, he was, he was on oh, yeah. twice. Yep, so. he was. Hey, the I first just... time was very brief. I think the politics of this event is about freeing John Sinclair from prison, who's facing 10 fucking years for two joints of marijuana well, we're all sitting here digging rock music. 
That's the politics of the situation. And I think we like ought to do something about John Sinclair and what the White Panthers are going through up there in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that's what ought to come out of this fucking conference. Talk yes. about learning things. I just learned today that the Wright brothers flew past the Statue of Liberty. I had. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Huh? Not at I first. Looked it up to verify that Not what I first, heard no. was true. And they <laughs> Not at first. <laughs> I thought they took one flight. At Katie Hawk or whatever. Katie yeah. Hawk. No, yeah. they took a. They they had a. Uh, they were in Ohio first. But I, I think. saw. But somebody mentioned it today. They were talking about people flying in their. You know, the men flying in these different things and they said that it happened and i looked it up and sure enough i said god i learned that today well now i learned that when i think yeah of, uh, i didn't know that either when i think of men in their flying machines i think of uh dick dastardly's cartoon but that's that's <laughs> my that's my age 1909 1909 the wright brothers flew around the statue of liberty really yes as part uh, is of there the is there footage of that uh there's a picture Ah, that I see. I will have to. I, took, I will have to take a look at that. I have a picture with uh, my daughter and I in the head. The arm was. Clean, oh yeah. And now the head is. Clean. I don't. I don't even think you can go up there. I thought you were talking about a ship. <laughs> I thought he was talking about the monkeys movie. <laughs> head. Head. Yeah, head. <laughs> with Jimmy Jimmy Hendrix. Uh, yeah. To them and then left the stage. Hey. My friend, I used to work for Vanguard Records, and my friend used to work for. Uh, United Artists. So he's got a lot of memorabilia and he had that head poster and uh, yeah. he, he's been to more conscious. He still lives in the Bronx. I still go to visit and I want him to go on a rock and roll cruise with me, but he, he, he's too old, I think. He says he does. Too old to go on a cruise. I mean, it, it, you know, such a thing. age is in the mind and his is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Mine know? was gone several years back and, you know, I just turned 50 last year. So, uh, you know, uh, that'll give you an idea. But, um, but, hey, Jim, uh, but, to, to backpedal. Uh, sorry, Glenn, I don't mean to okay. cut you up. Um, Jim, you actually saw the Abby Hoffman incident then. Yes. Yes. So so what did you see? Well, I mean, you the were first, fairly close to the stage. Too. Uh, yes and no. But the, I mean, the first time that he spoke, I just hear this guy speaking. I'm not even sure. I guess I knew the name, but I don't know that he was announced as, you know, he wasn't announced in ladies no. and gentlemen. So he comes out and he speaks and. And then it was because the who, when you talk about Glenn, it being your third favorite group, that was the band. When people ask me, who did you go to see that weekend? That was one of the bands, one of the main bands I really look forward to seeing. And I hope they would do some of Tommy. They basically did all of Tommy. And so in the in in the in the middle of the show, as far as I was concerned, um, it was interrupted by this same person, I don't know, exactly. coming out and yelling and screaming about something and then it's stopping suddenly. That's my memory. Yeah. You know? But I do remember the both incidents. Yes. Yeah. Well, what people don't, you know, I always hear people say, wow, they didn't know there were going to be so many people. But my knowledge is that they had over 180,000 tickets sold. So they already mm -hmm. knew they were yes. going to have a big crap. Yes. Not as big. I mean, they didn't know it was going to be as big as it was, but they obviously knew. Right. Yeah, but one hundred eighty thousand, and then they more than doubled it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and and people again don't realize people went for the music to when they try having it afterwards. People are going to try and get that experience. 
But people went because they just, we, we didn't have MTV. We didn't have anything that showed us who our artists that we listened to look like or played live, really. Well, except, except for, for you yeah, know, Bill yeah, Graham. Magazine. You know, Bill Graham helped us. Yeah. But otherwise, that's what we all went to see. And it just turned out that it was, a, you know, it turned out a lot of people. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you know, they said that people were drinking beer instead of smoking. That would have been a terrible place to be. I, but, I uh, often think about that, that had people had there been more alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and, and in my circle of whatever, how many people were around me, whatever that number would be, I didn't see any beer drinking or wine drinking to speak of, you know.
And that's our show. Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast, was produced and edited by Scott Parker. Your hosts were Jack Lekensky, Johnny Hudson, Aaron Shear, Jim Shelley, and Scott Parker. Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast is not associated in any way with Woodstock Ventures or any of its entities. Come and check us out on our Facebook page. The group is called Keep the Dream Flowing where we keep you updated on various things that we're doing and give you a heads up when there's a new episode coming. So check that out. On behalf of all of us here at Keep the Dream Flowing, this is Scott Parker saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.